Astros need another black eye. Hello, yeah, everybody. Think... <laughs> What's up? It just seems like the Astros, Astros just don't seem to care. So, but yeah, I, I, I don't think anybody's going to sign them. But anyway. Nah, hard, to imagine. hard to imagen that happening again. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Woodward Tigers here, episode 42, the Christmas special. And I know that we say every time, oh, this will be a short one because there's not a lot going on. Well, I hope to keep it that way because <laughs> it is the holidays. There is the impending blizzard right now in Davenport where Youper lives. Is that is it is it happening right now or is it not happening? Yeah, I'm closer to Des Moines than Davenport. But okay. yeah, so we had yesterday about six inches of snow, which isn't a ton of snow, but it was very light. And then today we've had 40 to 50 mile an hour winds all day blowing that snow around. Oh, and boy. it's also about 10 below zero. So it's a nasty day <laughs> over here in the great state of Iowa. Supposed to be, so Doppler, so the Doppler, uh, the Woodward Doppler radar. Happy holidays, guys. So John, if you want to take care of the comments this evening. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, Doppler, the Doppler, the Doppler Woodward radar has us going down to negative four by Saturday. Is that right? Yeah. But unlike news stations in town, we're not going to talk about the weather the entire time because that's just stuff. It's been painful the last couple of days because all the Christmas content or whatever, no one's talking about anything else but the weather. It's just like this death storm 2022 and just this constant <laughs> shut up. Jeez. I mean, look, there's, I don't know, but here we are talking about it. So I'm being hypocritical at the moment. So, but yeah, there's a lot to get to especially on the national baseball side of things, the Tigers wise, it has basically been, it's just, I don't even want to, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to, I know there's impatience with the fans and I know there's this kind of like, well, what's next kind of moment. And and so a lot of fans right now are impatient and Cameron, I will say it was Cameron on our discord channel. And I I think he tweeted out actually, you know, he tweeted out, about how come there's so much patience for the Lions rebuild because Lions currently are seven and seven. They're playoff hunting. Everybody's going ape, ape, you know what? But when it comes to Sky Harris, apparently he's not getting a pass. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree with him because I think there's a lot of this, a lot of this weirdness out there about, about I mean, again, even with Chris Illich, we'll get to that too. Though. We'll get to talk about Matt, the Mets and spending spree and, and all that stuff. Cause there's, there's some good angles and Chris wrote a good story at woodwardsports.com you can check out and discusses that angle a little bit but yeah there's as far as last time we we're on of course carlos Ray was going to be signed as a giant we all thought that was a good deal and what have you and yeah so there is a then all of a sudden we found out wednesday morning all hell breaks loose and so it, it, there's a lot of little different things going on with that but i just wanted to start let's just start with the carlos Correa signing and now the payroll wise, Chris, what's the numbers for the Mets payroll right now? I believe it's three hundred eighty-six million dollars next year, and that's just payroll, and then another one hundred and ten million dollars in luxury taxes. Which I, I think the article I read by Tom Berducci that is that is more luxury tax combined than any other team that all other teams have paid before. And then the the fun thing in there was that it's more their luxury tax is more than the salary or the payrolls of seven other teams. And almost, almost to the Tigers, including. But so yeah, yeah, he's 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 uh, he's he's having fun, Steve Cohen. Yeah, it was that sad too that he's he's his current payroll or the Mets have pay, payroll. I think some along the lines of the Mets total payrolls most than the Marlins ever spent ever something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah, that was Jed, <laughs> I think. Yeah, and 
there was some some of the numbers are ridiculous and a lot of but then there's that one writer you always know there's gonna be that one writer that's gonna shame everybody all the other owners for uh, what what are the only owners are appalled by this spending how how dare you and there was a tweet earlier that i i it was something that i showed chris earlier that, there was a whoa i might hear myself there Weird. That was my bad. <laughs> okay, scared me there. Yeah. So, by the way, I put the hoodie. If everybody wants that hoodie, oh that, yeah, uh, we got John. Well, technically, stick John. Yeah. stick got John for Christmas, but well, actually, it was a Woodward staff thing. So you can go to our website, and I put the link in there. And also, by the way, we're giving away a, a hoodie and a shirt to for one of our members of the audience. So a lot of our YouTube chatters that are in here, and especially like Harrison and Todd, who by the way is in Australia. He said he's. Really? We're sweltering. We'd love some blizzard action. Well, yeah, but it's, it's summertime. summer right there. Yeah. yeah. You got Ulrich Boryowski out there hitting bombs. And... Yeah, you know what? I, I, you got the, you know, actually, I wouldn't want to be down there either because I don't, I'm, I'm a chubby dude. I don't want to be 90 degrees in sweat because it sucks. No, I look uncomfortable. I, I, yeah. And I much, I much prefer the cold to the, the warmth. Yeah. Itself. <laughs> I mean, I, oh. nobody likes like negative 30, but, you know, you can always put something else on. I, I hate being, super warm where you like sweat just being outside yeah, yeah. no you can't, even, yeah. you can't even breathe it's like mm-hmm. there's a couple games we went to like that last year chris remember it was just like where it was we had a was the young's debut remember that was that was a hot one yeah yeah there were a couple i think one in lansing where we were it was super hot and then the skies opened up on us yeah that was that was actually a relief but I'm yeah. usually wearing umpire gear on the hottest day of the summer. Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's just uh, ridiculous there. But uh, yeah, so we're gonna give away a hoodie and a shirt to a lucky listener this evening, and and so we'll get more details on that. But right now, as far as for the Tigers go, you got a lot of you out, out there are too young to remember this song. Well, crap, this song came out before I was uh, I was even born. But you're familiar with the ska band, by the way, the Specials, by the way, the lead singer of the specials passed away this week. Yeah, and I'm a toast to you, Rudy. Yeah, toast to you, Rudy. And yeah, it, he was the last time Terry Hall, what's the gentleman's name, who passed away, who died of pancreatic cancer. He was Ooh. last time we saw him was he was in the No Doubt video for uh, Sunday morning. But anyway, right now Woodward is. A- all the teams are not spending. Yeah, but no, it's, but yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> go ahead, Uber. What were you going to say? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I hadn't had nothing, but I guess what I was going to go with, if we start, if we want to start on the Mets and the Tigers and kind of, you know, what people are saying, I think what Steve Cohen is doing is what a guy who's worth $15 billion should do. Why not? There's nothing against the rules. He's got the cash. The team's in New York in a big market. If they win, they're going to make oodles of money. I think it was no real shock that, you know, it was maybe a surprise, but it wasn't a shock that once Korea hit the market again, they went for it. And I saw a lot of people today, early this morning, talking about how, you know, the, the game needs a salary floor. I, I saw that a lot and a salary cap. But, you know, really, I don't agree with that, especially the cap. Caps are put in place. People think it's for keeping competition level, right? Make everybody competitive. And that's BS. Salary caps are about saving owners money, period. End of story to me. And 
that I don't see how that increases competition really. I think this increases competition. The Mets are going for it. Now the Yankees need to answer. The Dodgers need to answer. Or if the Cubs want to get good, they're going to have to spend like a team in Chicago with a massive following should spend. So I hope Steve Cohen is leading the owners out of out of the woods and, and making them be aggressive. And I don't see any problem with what they're up to. Yeah, I mean, I think the best thing for baseball long-term would be for the Mets, for this to work, for the Mets to go out and win 110 games and win the World Series. And then other teams are like, well, all right, I guess. Yeah. And, the team, and, and, you know, the teams can all spend this much money. I mean, maybe, maybe not quite a half a billion dollars for some sure. franchises, but they, they can all spend much more money. And all this time, the owners, it's just kind of been an un, unstated collusion, basically. Like, yeah, it, yeah. it's it's like social graces among amongst their little club of, of they want the status of being an owner. And a lot of them are just businessmen and, and they want to treat their team like a business. Yep. And in very few of them are the sort of irrational sports fans who also happen to be, you know, multi-billionaires. That's kind of, that was the great thing about Mike Illich in his, in his later years, right? He, he just was, would make all the wrong decisions because he just wanted to win and, and money didn't matter to him. But so many other owners are, are not like that. They're like Chris Illich, who, now I was saying this to Raj the other day, that the difference to, for someone like Chris Illich, the difference between 47 wins and 77 wins is, is nothing. Doesn't matter because they're going to get a, a one and a half million fans coming no matter what. It's it's a difference. Like if you if your team gets to that point where you are like you know you think you have eighty wins, then you'll spend because then you might draw that extra million million and a half and make it worth. Otherwise, the, the money is all the same. You get all the same TV money, you get yep. all the same revenue sharing, and so if you've got a you've got your spreadsheet and says that hey we we project the team to win anywhere between like I said anywhere between forty five and seventy five games, the owner just goes huh. Eh. We'll punt it until we look better. And and that sucks for fans. It's awful. But that's, you know, it's these, these are businessmen owners, and, and this is the way they, they view things. And so, yeah, anybody who can come in and break up that kind of, you know, monopoly really is what it is, I guess, is great. It just, like I said, I just hope it works. I, I do have some concerns. The, yeah. the average age of the Mets rotation is 36, which could cause some problems, but we can talk about that later. Yeah, and and the, the thing is, is that what in terms of even, I thought that in somebody in CC Gaming said this here, and it makes a lot of sense. And is the fact that you thought that would be a little bit of a spend, and it doesn't look like there will be. I mean, I look the, the reason why the only reason why I'm getting in terms of kind of I'm not again. There's still an off season left. I've been trying to be as rational about this as all possible, but then I saw the deal for Brand Drury. We got two years and eighteen million from the Angels. Where I don't know where the Angels are going to put them. I, 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 I do not know where the Angels are going to put them. But then you see Will Myers go to the Reds, the Reds of all teams, and we've all in the last couple of off seasons we've noticed it's been slow. And for anybody who's been listening to us for a while, we've always I've always said the collusion. I've always yes, I Walter, I would agree with that. I I've thought this. I mean, I, when I first read about collusion, eighty five, eighty six, I wrote an article about it for Motor City Bengals at the time. Because Kirk Gibson, Jack Morris, and I believe it was, I think Tommy Brookins too, but there was three Tigers. Or no, Dan, I was it Dan Pete, Lance Parrish, Dan Petrie. No, no, Jack I'm sorry, it was Jack Morris. It was Jack Morris. I'm sorry. Yeah. A few Tigers in the mid 80s. Like Kirk Gibson was set to be a free agent in 85, 86, and the Royals were interested in him. And then mysteriously, no team bid on him. Not nobody. It was a very quiet thing. And then you come to find out there was collusion. And so they got. They got busted. 
And so they had to go about it, I guess, a better way since then. And you see these teams that are, for example, like the, the Pirates who are not – they don't spend – the Indians – excuse me, the, I always said the Indians. The Guardians don't spend. The A's – I don't know what the hell the A's are doing. You have to feel sorry for the A's fans. But I, I think the one thing when I see articles like this, this is, this is from Buster Only on ESPN+. Plus. So I'm not going to read the – like. For me, there's one part that really kind of – cracks me up to hear the line here and this is where i kind of wonder if buster's just doing the company line and here it is it says quote to many other owners however conan's like the new neighbor who has covered his lawn with the brightest holiday lights hell if it's as if conan has thrown up scaffold folding to account every ornament in the store he is highlighting the disparity between the haves and the has-nots creating new expectations for his team and also how others should spend well good 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 Good. 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 Screw the neighbors. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like this. There and here's there you have one rival evaluator. Well, there's no doubt there'll be a draw. Everyone will take their shot at them. They'll be like the Michael Jordan Bulls in the nineties. The expectations are off the charts. End quote. So then to me, it's always so interesting to see the pushback of some fans who will say we need a salary cap. Got to have that salary cap. It's the only way to fix this. And it just it infuriates me at times because, again, it's all that, that only is trying to save the owners more money than they're already making. Yeah. So you guys are all against the salary cap, is what I'm guessing. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand the, the desire because there, were, there are a bunch of teams that aren't spending, including the Tigers, really, right? So people want, like, hey, give everybody the same money. But that is, it, like you were saying earlier, it's basically artificial wage suppression. They're gonna they're gonna cap the amount of money. It's it's at least this way. The total amount of money in the sport is, is always gonna go up. Maybe not as much as we'd like to, or in the ways it does. Like I was reading somebody somebody's pointing out that that it's basically been twenty plus years since A Rod kind of pushed the the his what he get ten years and two hundred fifty million from the Rangers, right? Yep. That would still be kind of an enormous contract now, right? People still go, wow, 10 years, 250 million. That was 22 years ago. <laughs> and they, they've been able to kind of keep the upper end of contracts in that same range for 20 plus years. By all means, like, and A-Rod was, of course, a generation player. But you've got like, you know, like a Mookie Betts and a Mike Trout. They're they're up in the 300, 400 million dollar range. But it should be, by all rights, it should be up there for, for a lot of free agents. And And I guess we're starting to see it, but the owners have the way of their way of kind of just, yeah, none of us are going to offer these deals, but things are changing a little bit. And like I said, like the guy who was in the front, if it works, everybody's going to try to catch up. And and if that means spending more money, that's great. And, and a salary cap would prevent that from happening. It would theoretically create more parity, but I don't know. I mean, we, we see, we've seen teams do it pretty cheap. Like the Rays and the guardians are, are two of the top yeah. 10 teams among you know projected war next year. The rest of the teams spend a bunch of money, but other teams have found ways to succeed. So, you know, I don't, I don't think salary cap would actually really increase parity any more than it already is. And I don't think the floor, salary floor does what a lot of people think either, because I think you know you would get a few teams spent. They they would need to spend more to get to whatever that artificial level is. Let's say a hundred million just for fun, because it's an easy number. Okay, so everybody under a hundred got to get up to a get up to over a hundred. But now I still believe. That teams that are around 115, 125, 130, they're going to gravitate back toward 100 yep. because, hey, 
they can just put up their arms and say, hey, we satisfied the rule. Don't come after us. <laughs> you and, know? Yeah. And I also think it would it would result in fewer like, you know, free agent signings trying to compete than, than people think. It would probably result in a lot more of those kind of, you know, extensions for young players. Yeah. Like, oh, we'll just, you know, instead of paying a guy 15 million a year, we'll sign Riley Green to, you know, eight million dollars a year for the next 10 years. Something like that. Yeah. It's like, well, that doesn't help much, does it? I mean, sure, get the young guys paid. But so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, like. Salary cap stuff does seem to work in other sports. In the NBA you guys still make great salaries and things like that. It's not great for the NFL, but the NFL somehow still gotten away without guaranteed contracts. Blows my mind. But I don't. I don't want to see that in baseball. Right? Like I think that the caps on on draft spending and international spending are a bridge too far for me. But oh, yeah. absolutely, hundred percent. One of the things too that Harris. So I was on the call today or this week for. Scott, the signing of Michael Lorenz and Scott Harris was on a call. And one of the things he mentioned was the offense and addressing the offense and that they're signing pitchers. They're, they want to sign pitchers and, and players that can help their defense and help overall. And they mentioned one of the things that was really fascinating to me. It was kind of like a, a throwaway quote was about Lorenz was like this big beat, you know, big Comerica park and, and just kind of paraphrasing a little bit and talked about the dimensions there and how it plays in his favor. So, and when when that was Evan Woodbury of M Live asked him about, well, have you checked off all the check boxes yet in terms of offense? Like, well, the offense is going to take some time. So, you know, translate that as for what you will. But I think it's they, they I think they're looking at the options. I mean, Michael, somebody mentioned here, and Harrison, thank you for the comment. We appreciate it. They, Michael Mustakis is a free or was DFA'd. You have Diego Castillo, who's DFA'd. You have. A couple other guys out there that are that are interesting, but as far as like the reason why I mentioned the idea of trading with the Mets and Mark Ventos, now even in Chris Day with Brett Beatty, is the fact that where are you going to put Beatty or Vent- Ventios? I mean, right now you could put Daniel Volberg as your DH. You can platoon him, but I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, is he the is he the lead singer of the Black Keys? It's Vogelbach. 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 Yeah, no, that's You're absolutely right. No, right. It's, but it's good. I like the Black Keys, so there we go. Yeah. It, yeah, it does work. But no, it's one of the things where, as far as the Mets go, they're going to have to figure out something. And you, when Chris mentioned the rotation earlier, being 36 years old, the Tigers have plethora of pitching. And then you have, what was the, I think I saw today that the Pirates are offering Brian Reynolds for because mm-hmm. Reynolds, you know, Reynolds wants out, and rightfully so. It's it's the Pirates, and they can't do it. They can't give it their own way, and they're looking for pitching. Guess who has some starting pitching? And the Tigers do. As far as I mean, there's a lot, you know, like it's the veterans out there. Oh, J- yeah, by the way, thank you, Jason, who's a fellow Uper out there. So, Uper. Uh-huh. So thank you, Jason, for tuning in. Nice. And we'll get to this question here in a moment too. That's a good question, Henry. And as far as the bats go, that's where I was kind of leading into. I think that they're looking into something right now only because they it's not like they they slammed the door shut on that for sure. But they really have to – Harris has been talking about changing the philosophy of the offense. And that was a big thing that he mentioned a couple times during that. And and by the way, Michael Lorenz, Numbers, by the way, some of the numbers he has has indicated that I think he could be a good fifth or fifth starter. I like the deal a lot. I have no problem with it. It's a one-year deal. He wants to start. 
And they mentioned one of the things they mentioned too is the tiger staff and it's how they're catering to this. And I think he, when Harris is talking about catering coaches and, and finding the niches for it and selling it, I think I really believe he's doing that. Just a quick fix of my incorrect correction. Dan Fogelberg was a singer, but he wasn't in the Black Keys. Dan Auerbach is the Black Keys singer. Anyway, yeah, no, I know I, you were kind enough to share some of that audio with me. And what, what stuck out with me was that what Scott Harris said that it's going to take time to change their offensive identity and, quote, it needs to take time, which was interesting to me because I don't think that's necessarily true, but I no. think that's another indication along with what they said earlier about, you know, earmarking time for the young guys. I think there are a couple things. I think, I think that they really are going to let a bunch of the young guys play and, and rather than put a free agent there, because as much as it might be nice to sign somebody for one year, you know, eight, $8 million or, or, you know, two years, 17 million, like Drury or whatever. I think they, they feel like it's better for them long-term to see if they have anything and Ryan Kreidler and Andre Lachis and Michael Perez and guys like that, Arthur Meadows. And, and to be honest with you, I, I think they might believe that their third baseman of the future is in the organization right now, and they only need like another year before it happens. It, well, it, Justin Henry Malloy, if Colt Keith can clean up the defense a little bit, maybe Isaac Pacheco. All three of those guys have promising futures and potential everyday regular or better um, skills. So – they may just be like, you know what, let's see what we have with these guys right now who might be a stopgap. And if something is there, then cool, we can use something. But otherwise, we're going we're gonna to be okay with these guys in the future. I don't know. I mean, I, it's tough to know. But them saying it's going to take time, it has to take time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not what people want to hear, I don't think. But Yeah, it, and that's right. I, and the reason why I, I, I can share that, I share that audio with Chris because I want to have another witness to – to pick up the GM speak. John, what were we going to say? I'm sorry. Well, yeah, just in terms of, like, the infield, they have so many options, I feel like, in the free agent market. There's really not a lot of options left. I saw – we've had a lot of great comments. I saw Longoria as one. I know Gene Segura is still available, but I pitched, like, a – I know it's not an exciting pitch, but Cody Clemens and Jonathan Scope platoon at second base, which that could be a realistic possibility. I know it's not an exciting one, but – like I said, we have so much depth in the system, too, with, like, Colt Keith and Pacheco, Christian Santana's coming up, Peyton Graham. Like, they have a lot of talent coming up in the on the infield, and maybe it's going to take some time for them to develop and come through the system. And as it's looking right now, I think they're either going to look to trade for another young player in another organization that can maybe hit the big leagues in 2023, or they're probably just going to go with what they have. And I think that's – that might be the best way to go. Yeah, and there's a there's a school of thought about that too. And you probably I was just gonna say that it probably leads into what oh, yeah. it's just in terms of there's a school that will let the kids play. And then we had a comment last week on YouTube. Why do you guys want to decide a veteran not let these kids play? Look, bottom line is this: you're talking about small sample size with Ryan Kreidler. Okay, so they, if you want, you can't have it two way. You can't have it both ways. You can't complain that they're losing. And play the kids. So if the kids are playing, let's say they're not, for example, they're not doing well. And Ryan Kreidler gets you start people part start booing Ryan Kreidler, start critiquing him and saying he's no good. Well, that's what you wanted. So do you want the team to win or do you want the kids to play? And that's where that's my that's where I have a problem with. I, well, oh, you you had something to say. Well, I was gonna say, you know, that a lot of what we're talking about is music to Chris Illich's ears. 
you know, this make these young kids develop, become part of the lineup in time. They'll be there on the cheap. And it just seems like that is kind of the direction the team wants to be heading in. Now, that could be very short-sighted of me to say, you know, if some of those kids do come along, maybe they add the big contract in 2023 or 2024. But as we sit here now, you know, it's pretty obvious that, you know, the, the 45 to 75 win Tigers that you mentioned earlier, Chris, is, is kind of where they're looking to be comfortably sitting this year because they've just let so many quality players who are fairly affordable just go to other places. And we didn't even, usually we at least hear rumors, we heard nothing. So we can only assume they really didn't compete for a lot of these guys. I mean, are they a better team if Colton Wong is the second baseman this year versus a Clemens scope platoon? You know, probably, yep. you know, are any of those shortstops that got signed an improvement of where they're going to be this year? Yeah. You know, and we could go on and on and on. I mean, how many outfielders, you know, other positions, it doesn't matter. They are looking like they're going to sell to us. We need another couple of years to see what we have and then move forward. And I just think that they could have chosen a far more aggressive path. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I think we've got enough sample size now to know that that Chris Illich would rather be the Rays than the Mets. I yeah. think that, you know, that, that it, it, and I get it because we knew what Alavila wanted to do. And we know, I think that, he, well, we, he didn't do it. And I understand the fans' frustration because we heard for three, four years, hey, look at all these prospects, these top 100 prospects, these top 25 prospects. We got this future rotation. I guess we got these two future stud hitters. And, you know, prospects are prospects. It, it, there's been some success and some struggles and some injuries, and it didn't work out. But that was what Chris Illich wanted. He wanted that that foundation of prospects coming from in the in the system to compete. And it didn't work out with Avila, so I think he wanted somebody new to try it. And I, I you know, and there are San Francisco Giants fans who think, given what happened with Correa, they think that Scott Harris basically the first opportunity to get out of town. They think there's a lot of dysfunction there now, right. which is kind of wild because we, we kind of viewed him as like a you know a pretty good organization. But yeah, I mean, I, I really do think that they want this to be another rebuild based on, you know, internal prospects. They won't call it a rebuild because nobody wants to hear that, but I think that's what they want. And honestly, I do think that they have a better foundation for it than they did with, you know, two, three years ago when it was just that incredibly top heavy group of five. They have a lot more kind of potential regular players in the system. And, and you know, you get 10 of those guys, maybe two of them work out. But they have more of that now to supplement. And if one or two of those guys pops and becomes a star, then they have a better chance of, of doing what they are setting out to do. But, yeah, it, it's 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 incredibly frustrating to, to rebuild for four or five years, try for one year, sort of, and then go, well, back to the drawing board. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. you got to put more into it. But it, you know, last year was such a disaster that it, it, you can almost justify it, I guess. If you feel like you like everything was just done completely wrong and we've got to fix this. Yeah, well, I go ahead. Go ahead, ahead, Jeff. Okay, no problem. Yeah, but just like you got to give some credit to the major league team because, like you said, that top five that they have, they're still all there and they're still all young. So it's not like like I know some people have given up on like Torkelson and and those guys, but you know they can still be be something for these teams, and we still have you know Austin Meadows and, and Javi Baez, like. I think you got to give a little more credit to this major league team because there is talent there. You know, it's not like it's just like a barren, you know, major league team. 
Well, look, you know, I mean, it, go, go ahead, ahead. Sorry, you were. Go ahead. Well, I'm just going to say that the, all of that is true, John. Those guys are there and they all have upside. <clears throat> no question about it. But when we stop the conversation at the four or five guys you mentioned, that's not enough. You know, if, if they really believe that these guys are going to take a step forward from what they were last year, they needed to augment that lineup with some pros instead of some question marks. That would have proven to me that, you know, Chris Illich wants to win. But instead, I think he has some PTSD over what happened to that team last year. But they you have know, it just all blew up in his face. They have Here's pros, it. though. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, it was something that, and Neil, by the way, Neil Rule from the yeah. BD Energy, hey. joining us on the in the chat there. You find the show every day, every day from eleven to one. And one of the things he said, and he's absolutely right about, is I don't think we need to know what they have. They're a bunch of twenty five year old, twenty six year old, quote unquote, prospects. And he's right. I mean, look, the bottom line is this: Cody Clemens is no longer a prospect. Ryan Kyler is graduating from prospect back status. Colt Keith isn't twenty six. You're right, Walter. There is some help on the way. I'm the one that has, I tell Neil, like, look, there's some help on the way, but Neil has every right to be skeptical because I'm the same way. Because it's when people try to tell me, like, again, like the, what the goods play, you have 35 plus years of an example of when the Tigers got cheap on getting Placio Polanco back, they went with Scott Sizemore. That failed miserably. That was a bad idea. They tried to go cheap on that because, again, I don't know what exactly happened. I guess there were, they didn't want to spend the money on Polanco. What was it? What, what was that case, Chris? Do you remember it at all? I mean, I don't. I don't know if they. I mean, that would have been what 2011? 2011. Yeah, twenty eleven. Like he, um, he came off a really good no, it was, year. It was twenty ten. Because I remember yeah, I was there when, when Sizemore hit his first home run. I was there with Bosch at his first home run game. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that was kind of the the not a rebuild, but I think the Roski reboot where he was like, all right, we got to we'll try Granderson. We'll end up with Scherzer. You know, it, it worked out really well, but part of that, I guess they were like, well, let's try something new with second base. But no, I mean, I, I think we, we know that it's unlikely that, that Andre Lipsius and Ryan Kreidler are, you know, impact players. But I, as I pointed out before, like the Cardinals turn guys like that into like four win players every year. Brendan Donovan wasn't a, a prospect. Lars Nukbar, people knew of him because of his silly name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tommy Edmond was like a 6'4 player last year. So, it, you know, they bring in the new hitting coaches. They're believing in their philosophy. Maybe they think they, they can take these guys. But Kreider has some tools. He's pretty fast. He's got a good arm. He, he's great on defense, according to the advanced Maybe they think they could do something with him. But the Yoops point, and this is something he's talked about many times, and, and I saw one of the San Francisco Giants writers say this. You know, if they had spent money last year, they wouldn't feel so awful. And Yupa's gone. They wouldn't Ugh. feel so awful having missed out on Judge and Correa this year. If they had spent on Gosman last year or whatever. like, But they didn't. And, and now they're screwed this year. So it, it's it, – and when you think about it, all these players are signing like these 12-year, 11-, 13-year deals now. that They're, they're going to be off the market for a long time. When, when's the next big crop of good shortstops coming? <laughs> like, what, are you going to get Bobby Witt Jr. in six years? Well, why don't you draft and develop one? Well, there you go. I mean, well, that's what teams are going to have to do. But, but, or you could have signed a franchise shortstop last year and, and felt okay about it for the next dozen years. But that's Marcelo Meyer. Uh, <laughs> spend money hey, now. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, look, Jordan the, the Marcelo Meyer, man. Look, that is such a. I'm sorry. You know what? Look, look. The bottom line is this. Wrong. I, until, until he comes up here, and he becomes a four-one player. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. 
until Marcelo, until he was, you know, it's a four-one player, he's an all-star, and he hits home runs against the Tigers. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I'm gonna, make a, I'm gonna make a, you know what? I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make a Pepsi challenge. Here. I love you. I will bet. I will bet that Colt Keith have a better career than Marcelo Meyer. Oh, he'll make it. He'll make. Yeah, I will, I'll call it right now. You know what? That's a 51-49 bet. That's not bad, really. I mean, those guys are both good. Yeah. That's, there's nothing wrong saying that. Okay. But, Youper, to your point, you don't think this team has any real major league talent? Because I think that's disrespectful. You look at guys like Baez, I, who, who had a good second half, and you got to think about the hand injury. Austin Meadows, who is an all-star when healthy. Yeah. Eric Haas, you know, he's been really good. Jonathan Scope is is. Going, I think, going to bounce back in some ways, and like Spencer Torkelson is, he said, what had three hundred major league at bats. Like Riley Green is what twenty one years old. Like, are we really just giving up on these guys already? No, 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 no. I don't think he's saying that. I don't think he's saying that at all. I mean, or I'll let you see what you're going to say in a moment, Uper. But yeah, the bottom line is this: all Uper is Uper has the same amount of history and the same amount. Chris does as well of the Tigers not developing talent. That's as simple as that. Riley Green. And Spencer Torkelson represent a new wave of that. But, but, until you see that on a consistent basis, season by season basis, everybody has a reason to be skeptical, John. I mean, look, the bottom line is this. The young pitching they developed has worked out well. For once, for once, for the first time since the 70s, since the 70s, as the Tigers have developed pitching. And I mean, I'm talking starting and bullpen pitching. It's not just, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's one of those things where, you last year they went to a source of strength that I've never seen before. The Tigers have never, 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 never. Wow, I sound like really childish there. Sorry, I apologize. Yeah. The Tigers have never yeah, had never. the ability. Never, never. It, the Tigers, not since the, not since seventy five, seventy six. We have Fibridge. We talked about this on their draft show that, that we did on YouTube. You can find it there. The Tigers were able to draw from their farm system pitching wise in the eighties. Nothing they had. Kevin Ritz, Steven Searcy, Mike Eldred, all these guys. Just Sean Bergman. Sean Bergman. You know, like John Smoltz, who, by the way, has said the Braves, yes. has said the Braves helped him put in the Hall of Fame. That if he was pitching the way the Tigers had pitched him here, he wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Very true. So that's what he said. And yeah. So go ahead. Well, just to what John was saying, like there, there is some talent on this team. Just like last year, we said that there were talented players. We thought they'd win more, but they might lose because baseball's weird. If you're a relentless optimist, you can look at the Tigers and say everybody who sucked last year is going to be better this year. Like you know, the odds say that they won't, but there are reasons to believe that Torkelson and Green will be more productive, and then Erod will be there for the full year, and Meadows will be healthy and productive, and Scope will bounce back. And Baez won't break his thumb in May and, and, and have a little bit more consistency. And honestly, last year, we talked about it a bunch. Last year was the best year, to, to Raj, your point basically, was the best year of Tigers prospect development that I can remember in my lifetime. And it's been 15, 16 years of like covering this very closely, where they just they had a bunch of guys take big steps forward. So I think they're on the right path there. There's a potential for some upside with this team. But I, I don't know. I think they're they're almost losing or using last year's lousy record as an excuse to not spend. They're not optimistic about any of those things happening. When I'm when I'm saying it's it's entirely possible that these guys could take steps forward. They're just kind of like, yeah, no, it was a rough one. We're gonna we're gonna hold court here. We'll we'll wait a while. And it's yeah, it, it's it's frustrating to see all these players come off the the board. I'm not as upset about them missing out on the one year deals. I guess. 
to me, I it would have been nice to see them go after some of the big fish, right? Just the, the, the Padres route. Just, you know what, Eric Hosmer sucks, but you know what, we'll give him a seven-year, $180 million deal or whatever, just to prove that we're serious about this. And then we'll go get Matado. And then we'll start spending money and trade everybody. And, and like, hey, that would be fun. I think San Diego Padres are enjoying themselves right now. The fans are, at least. So Yeah. But we're, you know, we're just kind of stuck in limbo here. It sucks. See, I don't agree with I think what they're making the right decision. I think they're being smart about it. And if you look at the old Tigers teams of the 2010s, they just would throw money at everyone and everything, and they, they couldn't develop any prospects. They'd trade all their prospects away. And we're paying for it now. We've paid for it for how many years because they traded away their whole farm system and didn't develop any talent and just kept relying on trading, you know, for veterans and signing free agents. I think this is the right way to go about it. It's 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 the long route, I think, and I think it's the smart way to go about it. Right. John, those teams in 20, around 2010 and 2013 and 2012, you know what they were? Yeah. They were fun. Okay, well, what about here's the thing. I don't where I'll take some where and if the good thing about this show is if it was named four guys who think alike, that'd be three too many and be boring. Okay. So it's okay that we think different on this. Yeah. You're saying that because they spent all that money in the early part of the decade, they sucked later on. I get it, and a lot of people agree with you. Probably more people agree with you than maybe agree with me, but I don't think that's the case. The, the Illiches are billionaires, and the fact that they could not find a way to stock their system and have the people in charge who could stock their system, that's on them. That's not on us to feel sorry for them. Okay, That is on them to, to take the blame for the horrible baseball we've watched for the last few years. Now, I agree with you. As I said earlier, I, I agreed with you earlier. All those guys that you mentioned, you, you rattled off, they might play better this year. And that'd be great. But they still, like it or not, that was the worst offensive team in the last decade. And they haven't added a soul. Okay? But they fixed the lights. Yeah. yeah and so, so did Toledo. Hey. Apparently Toledo is going LED too. So yeah. maybe that was, maybe they found it. Maybe they're like, wait a minute. None of these guys can see the ball. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> the William Darvis defense. Yes. But maybe that's what simple was. Like, genius, genius. But look, <laughs> the, the, the address what John's saying, look, the bottom line is they didn't, okay, outside of trading Suarez, they didn't trade much. When they traded like guys like Jonathan Crawford, they didn't turn out to be anything. So the Tigers were trained to be competitive. Okay, they traded Cameron Maven, who was just, I mean, was an average player if that fine regular you know, yeah. yeah fine oh, regular if that and then the I'm trying to blank on the pitcher who they got in the the, the traded Andrew, Andrew Miller what are we going all no, the way no not Andrew to, Miller no I'm uh, trying to think of the pitcher Jacob, uh, Turner? Uh, Jacob, Jacob, Jacob Turner, Turner. Yeah, there was... if the Tigers would have stuck with pitching Jacob Turner in the future the Tigers would still the Tigers would have not made the playoffs or postseason guarantee it guarantee it yeah. because Miguel Cabrera was. No, no, that Miguel, um, he wasn't part of that trade. I'm sorry. I always he was that. part of that. Sanchez. 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 Sanchez, yeah, Sanchez. Annabelle Sanchez was a fine regular, and you, you use prospects as currency. That's what you do. You use prospects as currency. If the prospects can help you, like the Cardinals, like other organizations, they're great. But, again, there's just too much of a history there until last year in terms of pitching-wise. The Tigers have never had pitching as a strength on their farm system, and, and that's something that – comes up over and over again. And, and something that in, 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 Cameron's absolutely right. The Tigers can buy a team while developing talent. And 
I think, and I don't look, and look, some of the deals, I, I, I'm with Chris. Some of these one year deals, I mean, you know, I'm not getting excited about signing, you know, Anderson or some of the other guys that are left in the market. Jackson Profar, you can't, I mean, you're not going to be, even when I was doing my research on Will Myers, there's a lot of injury history there. Mm-hmm. And I know fans were like, well, we didn't even get him. It's like, well, I mean, did he, first of all, Detroit wasn't on his top of his list. But secondly, do you really want a guy that has been injury prone? Because then you're going to pull a case of an Ivan Nova or whatever, all these Matt Moores and all those things that's happened before. But I mean, you look at it this way, at least, at least you're one, this is one way to look at it. When a, an ex quarterback says this about your team. And I think it's frustrating. And I'm not going to ask you to comment on this as a fan. I think I'm frustrated, but I'm sure others are because I've heard about it and read about it and saw it, is that, like you say, spend some money. I get owners love making money, but in order to win, you got to spend some money. And sure. so I think that's the frustrating part is fans like, you feel like every time we have a good player, they get traded away. And it's like, oh, no, we, we've got a, this farm club, and, or we've got a guy down here, we've got a guy here, we're going to – but but as the, the casual fan, it, 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 I, I see why they're frustrated. You've got a beautiful park. You've got fans that want it. It's like just spend some money or keep guys. You know, because as a fan, yeah, that, and that's, I think it's frustrating. And I'm well, not going to ask you to come. Ben, that's former Steeler quarterback Ben Rossum. Roethlisberger, who is he? Who was he talking about? He was talking about Bob Nutting. Oh, the Pirates, yeah. Yeah, no, Pirates. Yeah. yeah, so the um, Pirates owner. By the way, fun fact, the Mets have spent more in free agency in one night than the Pirates have spent since 2010. <laughs> so $315 million the Mets have spent in one night. Guess well, how much the Pirates have spent since 2010. Just take a ballpark guess. One, 129. No. Or, okay. No, wait, hold on, wait, wait, hold on. Wrong! Their biggest free agent contract was like Francisco Liriano at three years and thirty six million dollars or something. Like, that. like I, yeah. Chris, what's your guess? Though I need a guess. One one fifty. Wrong. Uh, you, Ninety. Uh, John. Ninety million. Wrong. Seventy five. No, no, two hundred seven million. Oh. Still, that's twelve years. Yeah. So you're you're talking yes. No, I mean I, I think just to to all that is is the one year deals don't do much for me. It's nice to get better on the on the you know, edges, I guess, you're one win better, two wins better. You do that a bunch of times, you're a better team. But, like, you sign Carlos Rodon or Carlos Correa or Trey Turner or whatever, you expect those guys to still be pretty good in the next three, four, five years. And I would hope that as a team, you you think you can be good in three, four, five years too. You can sign those guys and then still develop your, your prospects. You know, it, right. it, I, I understand not wanting to block some younger guys with a stopgap, but if you're going to get a potential franchise player, then – then who cares? Like you can keep developing those guys, figure it out. Like the Mets, the Mets are not concerned about Brett Beatty, the top twenty prospect, a third baseman, left-handed hitter. Look, you know, could be a, a really good player. They don't care. They're like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could we can get Francisco Lindor and Carlos Correa on the left side of the infield. We'll figure something out. And in you can do that. The Tigers could do that, but they they didn't apparently. They weren't able to, and so yeah, they missed out on names this year. And it could come back to haunt them in the next two three years. We're like, boy. You know, three years from now, it would have been nice to have Carlos Rodon at the front of the rotation when we're, you know, winning 82 games instead of 87. Yeah, I mean, there's a, here's the thing, too, about the Pirates real quick before I forget that I find funny is that if the Pirates do trade Brian Reynolds, this was something that was reported earlier by John Morosi, Michigan native John Morosi, that they, they at least were looking for a starting pitcher to headline the package. So somebody like Bobby Miller or Ricky Tellerman from the Jays. Bobby Miller is for the Dodgers. But then – 
as you're a pirate fan, you're like, okay, cool, but but you suck at developing pitchers. They go get better elsewhere. So why would I? I mean, like seriously, like it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, well, yeah, that's cool. We get Bobby Miller, and that's all that. And he comes from a system that can develop pitchers and 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 do great things with talent. But you go to Pittsburgh, and it's like, what? Okay. happen. To their credit, go ahead. Well, to their credit, that, that maybe they're like, yeah, we can't develop pitchers. That's why they want them in trades. They they probably want major league ready pitchers in in a trade. So here's what I tweeted out earlier, just for fun. See what you guys think of this. Tell me if it, I'm, I'm nuts. I mean, probably am. But they have three years of control on Reynolds, I believe. I didn't look it up, but I think it is. Yep. If that's the case, I said, what do you think of Job, Madden, Brisky for Reynolds and maybe a couple of 17-year-old Caribbean kids you never heard of? No. Well, what is, what is that going to do for the Tigers next year? Well, they, they have a have- power-hitting outfielder that they don't have. And they yeah, have them for three have. years. I honestly, I don't think, I don't think that would be enough for the Pirates. Um, okay. I, I maybe, but yeah, I mean, I just think it like if that was the only deal they could get, maybe. But I, yeah. I would think that somebody else could give them a little bit more. Yeah. I don't you know. think so, the what, what would the tiger? What would be more from the Tigers? You think Manning? Did you say Manning? I would think. No, like I said, I said Job, Madden, mm-hmm. and Brisky. No, I think they would want somebody who's more established in the big leagues, and I, I don't know if that's Manning, I don't know if that's yeah. Turnbull, or uh, but somebody. And, and honestly, I don't know if there is a great fit between the Tigers. I think they they would probably want like a Spencer Strider, right? Like yeah. somebody who's really good and, and has a lot of team control. Teams don't like to give up guys like that, but I, I you know, if I'm the Pirates, that's what I'm looking for. Maybe eventually they would, you know, take a. A, a poo-poo platter from the Tigers, if you will, like, <laughs> like four or five arms, and, and you get a couple. But they, that's kind of like what the A's got for Sean Murphy, right? They ended up getting three different pitchers who are kind of interesting. Mm. I don't know, maybe the maybe the Pirates would go for something that I I, I sound like the Yankees so are after him. Mm-hmm. So you're really not thinking Job is a big enough headliner? I don't. No, I don't think so. I, at this point, yeah. he, he's barely pitched above low A. Sure. And the, people like him as a prospect, but he's not. Like I could see, but who who do the who do the, the Phillies have played in center field right now? Brandon Marsh. Brandon Marsh. I could see the Dave Dabrowski going. All right, here's Andrew Painter, and uh, who's the other high school pitcher they took the other year? They're, they're two top. What's Mark. that? Is that what the Phillies? You mean? Yeah, the Phillies. Did I? Yeah. They have. Oh God, crap! I'm, I'm, I'm to the. They, they took they took high school pitchers two years in a row, and they're both pretty damn good. Andrew Painter flew through the minors last year. I could see Dabrowski going. Here you go. Have those two really good pitching prospects. We'll take Brian Reynolds. Like you're not talking about Mickey. Uh, Mickey, Mickey Abel, yeah, Mickey yeah. is the one. Yeah, so Dabrowski, you know, has has no. Sure. <laughs> he doesn't worry about trading young pitching prospects because most of them don't work out. So I don't know. But if 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 the Pirates would take Joe Brisky and uh, Madden, I would absolutely do that as a Tiger. Yeah. You can you could resign Reynolds if you want. I mean, he's a he's a quality player. He had a, I think well, it was his 2020 was kind of rough, but he's been <clears> pretty good. In the, yep. Three other years. Yeah. One other, if we're sticking on the trade talk, because I think it's interesting. I did see a, a question earlier in the chat about Raphael Devers, and I did see something on Twitter about that. I don't know if you guys really want to get into that or not, but I thought it was kind of interesting. As far as I, I saw a, a trade Riley Green for Raphael Devers or something. Yeah. So yeah I would not do that because no. he's only signed for one year. And, and, and 
I mean, you know, Devers is like 25, 26. So he's a really good young player, great hitter. I have some concerns about his profile. I've compared him kind of to Pablo Sandoval before, where it's, it's, it's uh, he swings a lot, makes a lot of contact, makes a lot of hard contact. But sometimes guys who, who don't walk much don't age terribly well. And particularly when they, I don't know how long he's going to be able to stay at third base. And you've got Riley Green for six more years. You mm-hmm. hope that he can be your franchise center fielder. I, if you could extend Devers, I would certainly look to trade for him, but I don't, I wouldn't, I would not part with Riley Green for him. I would, it would be a smaller, smaller package with a less impressive headliner. Yeah. There's, look, let's not live in fancy land, folks, because that, that's, that sounds like the ultimate what if, so what if a team, so we traded, we, because, you know, people use we when they use these trade scenarios, we traded Riley Green for Alfield Devers and they're, and you know what? Marcelo Meyer, because why not? <laughs> <laughs> no, get off your fantasy land and get shut up. Like, just don't, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. And look, and here's the thing: when you look at the rest of what's available in the market right now, and one of the things we begin addressed about what's left in the market, what's out there, it's kind of a no man's land of guys who are under under one war players. I mean, under two war players. You're talking, you have Gene Segura who was suggesting maybe as a second base. And then if you have scope over the third, look, a lot of the guys out there on the scrap of the market, there's a name out there. Like for example, that has familiarity with the giants. And that's, I mean, in terms of Lewis Brenson, who was an outfielder, who's been, been uh, once a high regarded prospect, but he hasn't really panned out. I'm surprised the Tigers haven't taken a flyer on him. Just like when I was talking about the catcher, the other, the, the whole Oh, the, the signing of Mario Feliciano. Yeah, Feliciano was funny because I just thought, I'm like, oh, his numbers are good. He fits kind of that profile. And I was like, oh, you know, Chris, the Tigers took a flyer on him. I wouldn't, you know, I, I could see the Tigers signing him. And sure, it's all get out. <laughs> it happened. But there was, I, I don't know, like even there's there's a reason why Willie Castro is still out there. There's a reason why Harold Castro is still out there. Victor Reyes was somebody told the White Sox were like, hey, look, the best we could do is a minor league offer. He took it. And I know you personally give him his respect, but honestly, <laughs> I, I don't know what these guys are getting offer-wise or anything, but they're they're probably getting – I mean, some of these guys we're talking about won't go off the board until January. I think – I mean, Harris just came back from – you know, he had his honeymoon last – or he has at his wedding. I don't know if he had a honeymoon or not because I don't, I don't pretend to know his daily schedule. But I'm sure the Tigers will – and I think it's going to something happen after the New Year, if not next week. Next week after Christmas is a dead week in sports. I mean, you have the Bulls going on. You have Michigan playing next week. So they're, I, I don't know. I mean, it would be nice if, would it be cool if the Tigers traded for a guy like Marvinio so I could have my validation and victory parade? Absolutely. I'm not going to lie. It'd be great. But right now, as it stands, I just think as we close, because I want to talk about some Christmas movies because it's that time of year, holiday season, whether you say holidays or Christmas or however you phrase it. I just think that, and, and you guys have some closing thoughts on this too. I just don't think, as far as what's out in the market right now, I think the Tigers, I will say this, for they didn't panic and make like a Ben Gordon, Charlie Novaweva signing. So I think that you got to give credit to Harris for that. He's still evaluating the system. He still has to look things over, and I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. So, Yeah, I mean, I, I just looking at the free agent, I, I'd be surprised if there's more than three or four players remaining who sign multi-year deals even it's it's a lot of one-year players left so yeah i mean i, I don't think if we see a splash in the future it's, it's going to be via a trade i think and, and the tigers may supplement the roster with a couple of smaller one-year players but 
yeah, I think the spending spree is largely over across baseball. And I'm not going to say that the roster is fixed because the one thing that I, I keep talking about with, with Scott Harris is, is I really think that he is going to evaluate players much more quickly than the Avila front office did. We've already seen it with, with – they've been cycling through guys in the 40-man that didn't even play. They never played. Yeah. And part of that, I think, is is they, they want to claim these guys and then hopefully pass them through waivers and then have that depth in the minors. They did it with Pearski. And uh, and maybe they want Bly Madras in the uh, yeah, so maybe he, <laughs> maybe Jim or Candelario is working on something. Um, nah. He's four for forty four with zero extra pitch hits. Uh, look at that. So so one walk, eight strikeouts. So that's a that's a really low bad bit. But four for thirty six or so. <laughs> that's, that's that's showing some bad luck. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I think that we will see young players play this year, and I think we'll see Harris determine very quickly that they can or can't stick in the major leagues. I don't think it's going to be waiting three, four years for Willie Castro and Victor Reyes to finally prove that they can't play or can't be regulars. I think it's, it's going to happen quicker. And at least that's my hope. I hope that, that Harris really cycles through these players quickly and, and, and gets guys who can play, which would be nice for a baseball team. Yeah. Yes, it would. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, it's just at least like, I no, said, so yeah, go ahead. Do we, okay, we got some, oh, you know what? We did get a question or two, didn't we? Um, we? We got a handful of questions, yeah, and we've, yes. we've kind of addressed them, but I don't know if we want to do that before or after. Um, well, yeah, after let's do that after the Christmas part. I did get because there's a, right. I did want to address one thing, Mark. Mark, who usually DMs us questions, he had a really good one. He said, hey, Rogelio, in regards, because this is kind of on topic with the Giants, and then we'll move on to Christmas. Hey, Rogelio, in regards to the Giants, is it possible the term, quote, calculated risk, quote, unquote, calculated risk can be taken – Taken too far to the point of almost being, quote, off, overly cautious. And also a quick weather update from the UP for tomorrow and Saturday. 65 mile an hour winds, 20 inches of lake effect snow will bring our season total around 130. It looks like it's going to be one of those years we break 200. So, oh, Mark, that's a that's a, an old fashioned blizzard, right? Yeah. Lots of snow and wind. That's that's what it takes to actually be a blizzard. Well, now, now they're bomb cyclones for some reason. In my hometown, they've, the last couple of years, they've cleared 300 inches of snow both years. Jeez. So it wouldn't shock me they get there again this year. Yeah, we'll go up there and be a, a snowblower salesman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got some questions, Chris. Yeah, so and like I said, we've, we've touched on some of these, but we can circle back to them a little bit. So Brendan at Iser Plan Truster. Why aren't we doing anything as a short-term fix for third base and fourth outfield situation, let alone long-term free agents? Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, we kind of just have to listen to what Scott Harris has said, and, and he said that they're earmarking playing time for young players, which is the way to say, yeah, we're playing a bunch of young guys. The only thing I'll say, I said it many times this summer, but I haven't said it in a while, so just to remind folks, I do think that Ryan Kreidler deserves one more year at least with a healthy hand and to see if his back comes back a little bit to where it was in 21. Because when you bust that bone in your, your hand, I think that often the rest of the season is shot. So let's hope. That's some hope for him. But, so I, but I think he's going to get a chance. Yeah, and, and I, I don't know. I just I don't know if they viewed any – and who knows if players wanted to come. To, yeah. to America, we, we talk, we joke a lot about the park and you know how it's bad for hitters. If you're a player trying to rebuild your value and, and you're going to sign a one-year deal, I don't think you want to come to Comerica, right? You want to go to Colorado or Cincinnati or Arizona or somewhere like that where where 
you can put up numbers. Not that teams are dumb, you know, and don't understand park effects, but still, you know, I think your your preference is probably a team that's winning or a team that's going to give you a chance to to put up numbers. And in the recent past, I mean, Robbie Grossman came here and you know put up a nice season, so it can be done. I mean, players should know that, but I think you're right. I think that's they don't see it as an attractive spot. I still think there's something weird about what this year in terms of power numbers because. Again, we were talking about the dead ball and the, the the three different balls out there, but it was such a drop off, such a drop off. Look, I'm not gonna, I'm not being conspiracy tinfoil hat on my or tinfoil dude on my head or anything like that. But I do find it strange that guys like Roseman, like Scope, just dropped off the face of the planet. And yeah, Candelario, Candelario is another one example of that. And there's just some. It, there, there was no difference in the lineup. There was the same guys that did in 2021. So to me, I don't want to blame the balls. I don't know. What, I don't really know what to blame. I don't know what the hell. I mean, the Comerica last year got more blame a lot than it normally does because the power, it was so bad. 3.6 runs, which is one of the franchise's lowest in a hundred and plus odd year plus years of this franchise. And again, I, I understand, like, it was just like, everyone's like, move it, you know, move them in, move them in. But no one, it, it was just because last year was such a, a, a strange Friday that, or I, I, like Twilight Zone year. So that could be a case where teams are looking or the players look at it and go, screw that. I'm going to swing my, you know, screw my swing. Hell no. So. Yeah. It, I don't know. I, again, maybe, maybe it was the lights just for the Tigers. Yeah. Who were actually worse on the road than they were at home. So, yeah, and then we, we got Deadly Ninja Peace, who always likes to chime in. He said, number one, no one is doing well now, but does he have quote, the fire burning inside? <laughs> Which is a, a callback to Christopher Illich, I think, in 2020, talking about what, you know, he has for the, his desire for the Tigers to win. I think Cohen's got down. a forest fire, and Illich has a little uh, bonfire on a beach. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then num- number two is, is once the White Sox crap the bed, will they tear it down after the season? They're already trying to move Hendricks. We can hope so. I mean, I, I I texted Raj about this. I am not the biggest fan of the White Sox lineup. I think it's they lost a Brayu, which was probably their best hitter, and I think they're just relying on guys like Robert and Jimenez, and even Tim Anderson to an extent to stay healthy and finally take that that next step forward. And they just haven't been able to do that. And I wouldn't say they're in a similar position to the Tigers, but they do have a, a lot of young guys like like an Andrew Vaughn who they're looking to break out and take that next step to fill the void of a an Abreu leaving. So I can see it. I think right now Cleveland is the clear favorite in this division. And I I don't know. It's it's interesting why they're trading Liam Hendricks. But I don't know. What I what was the question kind of circling back? Do you think they'll tear it uh, down? Well, basically, yeah, what will they tear down? And I mean I, I would think probably. Yeah. But it depends on what like what that means. I don't know how long they have Robert signed. I think Anderson is, is free agent relatively soon. Yeah, I think next year. Would, would, would this be Rick Hahn's third teardown? I think so. Yeah. Would he be the first, the first was, to get three teardowns? The first one might have been Kenny Williams, but I don't know. Yeah. Like Maybe, no, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But right. Either way, yeah. I mean, the, the White Sox, we were talking earlier, you know, the Benintendi was their biggest contract ever. What, five years, $75 million? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a curious signing. Yeah. I didn't yeah. get that I'll one too him. much, but I can see trading Hendricks only because he's a closer who's been used a lot. And if you can get something good, I, I always would look into that because they have a lot of hard throws in that bullpen. Yeah, yeah. If they think that, you know, Kopech can be their closer or they move, you know, Crochet comes back and he can close for him or, you know, I, we talked about with, with when Jimenez was there, 
I, I'd be more inclined to trade a, a closer or a reliever on a team like Tigers that's not that great than a team that like the White Sox who are ostensibly contenders, but maybe maybe they realize they're not really contenders after last year, so they're trying to move on from that if possible. Um, and he had and the Deadly Ninja Bees had a third part for his question was for now that the shift is gone, the Tigers are required to have a third baseman, right? <laughs> yeah, they, are. they are. It'll be very curious to see who ends up playing third base on opening day for the Tigers. Yeah, uh, it, take bets on that at some point. I was gonna say, I think that it, that's why you can't really do. I don't know for anybody that works the fan side or, or over at Bless You Boys doing these projections right now for the rosters. Because I, I'm sorry, I, there's no way in hell you can tell me that. I can. That's kind of like the one thing I don't miss about working for Motor City Bengals right now. What's the time of that time of year where you projected rosters? No, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I could. I could not do it. I could not. This year I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And so I don't miss that aspect whatsoever. I can. Chris and I can write about whatever we want, however we want to go about it. So. Yeah, I wrote about Dan Campbell for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I wrote about about the Kelly Fleet Raymond, who won special team player nice. of the year. Yeah, so yeah. it's nice. And John's gonna be writing it again soon, so there you go. Oh, but uh, all right. but I mean, I, I mean, in terms of baseball wise, just kind of having these bigger pieces where it's not I have to worry about making them into slideshows. I don't miss doing slideshows, by the way. Do not miss that whatsoever. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, that was I mean, one of those things. There were, that... there were times when I, I had some fun with the slides. I think the first slideshow I ever did was when they they had hinted that was something fun was going to happen, and so I just did a slideshow of ten, like ten potential fun things that could be happening. They was like, I didn't realize the rules at the time. So it was like one sentence per slide. And it was like, you know, I, I don't know. Somebody came back from the dead and it was just silly. But uh, yeah, you can have fun with them. <laughs> when, yeah. when you're just doing it to you know, increase your post count or your page views, it feels kind of gross. Yeah. The- this, this question is something we didn't actually, I don't think we addressed this. Maybe John brought it up a little bit, but this is from Chris at Al Tiger 1974. First of all, he said he appreciates our work, and so we have to appreciate that. Do you think it's possible for Detroit to revisit the idea of Eric Haas as more of a third catcher and the right-handed hitter, as they mentioned, they wanted, like in the outfield, and still help catch. I like that idea too. I think I think his athleticism does play well in the outfield. Yeah, he's legitimately pretty fast, and 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 I think he was an okay left fielder. I I, I remain kind of curious why they had him in left rather than right because I assume he has a pretty good arm as he's a catcher. But we know that AJ Hinch kind of liked. He thought that his roster was was most flexible and best when he had three catchers because it allowed him to do things like that or pinch hit for Haas. Remember Haas, you know, he hit a home run on, on opening day, right? Wasn't that a pinch hit? Yeah, that was a pinch hit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that he could be a pretty big weapon off the bench if he's not a starter too. So yeah, I think, I think they'll revisit that for sure. I don't know if that means like Feliciano, you know, who, who am I? Jake, Jake Rogers. Jake Jake Rogers, Rogers uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know if that means uh, they're your regular catchers, but. It's certainly something I think they'd consider. Yeah, everyone wants that right-handed bat in the outfield, and I'm saying that that could be Eric Haas. Yeah. And yeah, you know he's a he's a he's he's a less is more kind of guy. I think if he's if if they keep him around 350 at bats, like he's done for the last two years, he can be a productive guy. I I worry if he sees a steady string of right-handers forever and ever and ever, and he gets 500 at bats, that might be a problem, but. I would, well, I would keep him playing the outfield, too. I think that's great. And, and one of the things that, that is kind of remarkable to me is, and we, we you know cover a lot of prospects and stuff, and, and, and I, whenever I talk about Gage Workman, I say, well, it's just it, it, it's a non-starter because he struck out 40% in, the, in AA. 
and you look at you look for guys who had success who struck out above 30 percent and it's few and far between but then i look at eric haas struck out at like a 35 percent clip at double a and he, he came to the majors and lowered his strikeout rate i think in each of the last two years which is really unusual and it, it, i don't know like i maybe there's even a little bit more in the tank there maybe he can find a happy medium where he's hitting for more power and striking out just a little bit more but yeah, I mean, I, he's certainly a, a guy to take a longer look at. I mean, he's getting up there, if you will. I think he's going to be 30, maybe 29. But but he, he may have like, the best power bat in the entire lineup. So. Yeah. All right. All right. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Did you have something about uh, Haas? No, I was just going to say one of the – it's probably one of the Avila's, Al Avila's best trades. Yeah, cash for Eric Haas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Don't but remember – Remember they they DFA'd him, right? After that, and then nobody took him, and then they brought him back, and you know the rest is history, as they say. So they yep. didn't know what they were, they didn't know what they had. So the final two questions we got: the Tigers Torque Moyle. What would an Eduardo Escobar trade with the Mets look like? This goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning of the show, because the Mets now have they have Lindor and Correa on the left side. They just signed Danny Mendick, who's kind of a second baseman. They have Luis Guillorme, who's a utility guy. They've got Jeff McNeil and Peter Alonso signed through next year. They have Mark Canna and Eduardo Escobar signed through this year, at least with, with team options for next year. So they, they're kind of flush with these corner bats. And Ed, Escobar's a, a quality player. He's kind of like what we hoped Jammer Candelaria would be, like a two to three win player, walks, hits from both sides, some little bit of defensive versatility. I, I wonder if they'd be less inclined to trade him than they would to be like Gantos or, or Ronnie Mauricio. Like, like Raj should have mentioned in his article, because supposedly Escobar is a very big clubhouse guy. Like people love him and he, he's a kind of a team leader. And he has that versatility that you can play him in all four corners and also at second base, I think, and he's a switch hitter. But if they do want to trade him, the Mets right now have little in the way of, of outfield depth. They have four outfielders on their 40-man roster. And one of them is Khalil Lee, who is... I don't think has very much big league experience at all. And the one thing we talked about earlier is, is that 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 rotation is awfully old and they're going to get injured. you got Carrasco in there. you got Jose Quintana in there. You've got Verlander and Scherzer, who, you know, they're horses, but they also have been bro- breaking down a little bit over the last couple of years. I mean, even Verlander missed a couple starts in the last season, right? Mm. So they could probably use some, some pitching depth, either, I mean, the way the, in, in my trade, I had them getting Wilmer Flores, who I'm sure the Tigers don't want to trade for Eduardo Escobar, but they'd probably part with him for a, a hitting prospect. But in, in my mind, he and, and Raj mentioned Ty Madden. You've got some pitchers who are in the upper minors now who wouldn't have to be on the 40-man roster, but would theoretically be close enough to help if they were you know, called upon. So maybe something like that, maybe a Reese Olsen or a Ty Madden to get the job done. I don't know. I don't. It depends on what the Mets are looking for. I don't who the hell knows what Steve Cohen wants? Do we think Vientos is a player? I mean, is he a everyday third baseman? Yeah, I, I, look, I personally think Vientos has the ability to the fact that he can play first and third. I think he he's shown his numbers too in Syracuse in terms of even getting walking and what have you. I think he's a I think he's a regular. Whether he's a two or regular, I don't know, but I think he has I show I think he has enough ability there to be a effective major league player. I think, again, for what the Tigers want for him in terms of even keeping him for a couple of years, I mean, for his age, too. I mean, you look at for what he's able to do at his age, 
something to consider because here he is, he's a second round draft pick and he was I'm trying to remember if I could find the information. I remember, it's just his age stuck out to me. That's the only thing I remember about. Yeah, he was he's 23. He's already in the yeah, major was, leagues. I think he was one of the youngest players in that draft. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think defense is kind of his weakness. At least yeah. it has been historically. Well, they they they've tried him in left field. Right. Yeah, and, and guys can get better on defense. Uh, it's you know you're limited by your physical tools at some point, but he might be more of a first baseman than a third baseman. But uh, I, was, I was looking at Alex Ramirez, the the outfielder. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know that, that that would be a player I think that would interest me if Eduardo Rodriguez was going to the Mets. Yeah. What about? Um, they need that outfield. Something in the pipeline coming. Yeah. What about uh, Kevin Pareda? Is that how you say it? Yeah. From Georgia Tech. Because they do uh, have Francisco Alvarez, so I'm thinking maybe he would be blocked by him. Yeah. I mean, that was that was kind of one of the more surprising draft picks. I remember last year when we did the draft show, like, oh, Parada. So we were like, oh, okay, the, the Tigers can take one of the two guys we wanted. They didn't take the guy I wanted. But, but yeah, I mean – it wouldn't shock me if they're like, all right, cool, the guy we just drafted, who cares? But he's another guy that that I'm not entirely sure that he's going to stick at catcher. Sometimes that can be a little bit iffy, right, where you want to yep. see these guys in pro ball for a little while before you know that they're they're catching. But he's a he's a he was a great hitter at Georgia Tech. So I don't know. I mean, I think that there are there are options for the Tigers to trade to the Mets, but or if the Mets wanted to trade Eduardo Escobar, I don't know exactly what the Tigers would give them. Or if the Tigers would really be interested in him, because again, he's, he's an older guy who's basically got two years in this deal, right? But, um, and our final question, which I, I know I saw a cut up come from the chat, and I don't know if we actually answered it, but it was from Michael Sipper. He said, Mike Lustakis seems like a low risk third base option to give Pridler and Malloy a little more triple A time, yay or nay? Yeah, I wouldn't mind it. I think Malloy will probably start in triple A, so I could see that. You know, it's one of those things. It's a one-year, $6 million deal. Would they do it great? I mean, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, so so the the Reds actually owe him $16 million now. Oh. He's still signed. So if he clears waivers, you could get him for the, the minimum, right, which is, what, 700 now? I don't know what the vet minimum is. Oh, that's but- nice, yeah. But he's also been one of the worst hitters in baseball over the last two years. So there's yeah. that. I don't know if he's going to be a great defensive third baseman. The one interesting thing that I saw put out there was like, maybe you could pull a fast one where you say, okay, we will take on that $16 million. If you give like, cause you can trade him right now for the next couple of days, they can work out a trade. The reds give us one of your prospects. We'll take on that $16 million, which I think would be very interesting because you'd be getting theoretically, you'd be getting a guy uh, in a position of need, a left-handed infield bat that you wanted. Not a good bat anymore, but and then you'd also be getting some kind of prospect in the deal. Who knows if the Reds want to do that? That's kind of it. It, it felt like when they traded Barnhart last year, they were really just trying to shed salary. So maybe, maybe they could do that thing again. But then, of course, that was a deal with Alavila, and now we've got got Harrison Church. But it, it, it's not the worst idea in the world. I just I don't think Mustakis has much left. But if you can get, like I said, if you can get a prospect with him, too, that's cool, fine. You're gonna yeah. not spend money. You might as well get a prospect. I say I say I say pass because I mean you look at his hard hit contact when he last hit home run in, in terms of 2019 in Milwaukee one of his best years it's gone dramatically down every year it's it's just to me even like in terms of exit velocity and, and some of those little advanced numbers hard pass I just I, I don't I, look I just don't think it's the same Mustakis 
you know, you always talk about change of scenery. I could believe that if he was a little younger, a little, you know, but he's 34. He is who he is at this point. And yeah, again, and, and the Reds have a friendly hitting in terms of a ballpark wise, yeah. they have a really hitter friendly park. If you can't hit at Great American Ball Field, then you can't hit anywhere. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, and, and you know, it's funny. I, I was thinking if Dayton Moore were still with the Royals, I feel like you could count on them oh, picking yeah. up both, both Hosmer and Mustakis. Yeah. <laughs> In the band back, back together, bring yeah. back the band gang, yeah. Right. But, you know, he's not there anymore, so I don't think I, I yeah. don't know. I like I said, if, if you can get a prospect out of the deal, then I would do it that way. Otherwise, I don't think he's you know, I don't think he's an upgrade of what they have, which is uh, kind of what I would say. But, yeah, so, yeah, that was it for the questions. So, thank you everybody for, for thank you asking those Chris, Christmas movies, yeah, Christmas movies. Let's yeah. talk Christmas movies because. Uh, one thing about this show, we do talk a lot of baseball, and everybody appreciates that, but we don't really go in the – since we started at Woodward, Chris, I think it's fair to say that we don't go as much pop culture as we, we – Yeah. Rep, yeah, for everybody who listens to the old show, we did a lot of pop culture stuff all the time, but we kind of strayed away from that. And quite frankly – Definitely during the offseason. Yeah, definitely in the offseason we did a lot of that stuff, but we haven't – I think we've done a really good job of sticking with baseball and sticking to that stuff, but it's Christmas – I'm sure people want to talk about some other things going on. But one of the things that I know everybody likes to talk about is Christmas movies, holiday movies. You have your apparently now here's the thing. I Here's the thing that I'm, I'm not understanding. I want to ask everybody in the audience this question on our YouTube chat. And then everybody at home, you can leave us a review or leave us a comment after the show. The, the one question is, when did, when did plane trains and automobiles become a quote unquote Thanksgiving movie? When did it like these labels that come up for, Die Hard. I mean, Bruce Willis has said it himself. Bruce Willis has said that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Well, he's wrong, obviously. Then there you go. They get people like Huber who are like, (laughs) even though this actor who was in this movie, who who acted, he was the last choice being cast in mind because everybody else they didn't want him. Said it's not a it's not a Christmas movie. He was adamant about that. Well, the plane, trains, and automobiles is about him getting back for Thanksgiving, right? So it's taking place during Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's always like two different ways you could look at this, right? Is is it, it's a movie set at a particular holiday in and around that, or it's a movie with with the themes of those particular holidays? You know, at Christmas it's family and, and giving and you know miracles and all that nonsense. Whereas Thanksgiving it's it's family getting together and eating and like hating each other, which is great. That's why The Ice Storm is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's because it's at Thanksgiving and, and everybody hates each other. But yeah, I mean, I, this is. I, my opinion on this is, is similar to my opinion on like food takes. Everybody gets, you know, upset about oh, how can you eat that? I'm like, I, who cares? If you think it's a Christmas movie, cool, good for you. You watch it at Christmas, outstanding. Jurassic Park is a Christmas movie, sure. Ice Storm is great, by the way. Yeah, there's. By the way, the planes. Okay, so it did take place during Thanksgiving. Thank, Walter, thank you. I, I know it did, but it's just it seems like maybe because with social media, everything's more amplified. But I don't, I don't, I don't associate that. I mean. Maybe because TV also plays reruns 800 million times a, a week, so maybe that's where it came comes from. So I don't know. I, maybe it's because I don't pay attention to that kind of thing. I'm just like, oh, the movie's a movie. Oh, yeah, whatever. So, so. all right, can I hit you guys with one? Yeah. All right. I bad Santa. I absolutely <laughs> love that movie. <laughs> I do like a dark comedy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It definitely has its moments. You bet. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a solid movie. My favorite. I just watched a Spirited with my wife that was on Apple TV with Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. That wasn't bad. Oh, interesting. That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. But my I think my all time favorite Christmas movie 
and it has to be Scrooge with Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. I, I I thought about this long and hard, but I really like Scrooge a lot. It's because it, it just takes. I mean, there's always yeah, those two are really good too. The, the reason why I mean, Scrooge has been done a hundred million times in every different platform, but Bill Murray just really really good in that movie and yeah. Poons Christmas that one's a, that's a classic too. That's a, that's what right up there. It's one of my favorites. Do you guys uh, remember the scene where she, she says Grace and she says the national yeah. anthem? <laughs> I just watched that recently. That was that yeah. was good stuff. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, the yeah. The, uh, the sh- some of the shitter there was the the shitters full, yeah. Arc that's just <laughs> yeah. and, and you know what's funny? It's it's funny. Randy Quaid has probably is probably that's what Randy Quaid is now in the movie. Yeah, that's how crazy Randy Quaid's gone. <laughs> he's adopted the persona in real life. Yeah, he's a, yeah. he's gone total method acting. He's, he's, yeah, yeah, he's cousin Eddie forever. He got stuck in the the Matrix. Yeah, you know what's weird? I I don't think that I have like one particular favorite Christmas movie. Like there are movies that I like watching. I'll watch Home Alone just about any time with, with my son. It's a fun movie to watch with your family. I, I And I like, you know, some of the more modern kind of romantic comedy Christmas movies like The Holiday or Love Actually. I'm like, those are those are fine. Yeah. You, know, you ever seen The Holiday, Raj? Yeah, I just don't. You don't like Jack Black? You don't like Cameron I, Diaz? You don't like I, 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 I would, You don't I, like those, those, Kate Winslet? No, and it's one of those. No, it's one of those formula movies. Like, what's your problem? It's char- charming. You don't it like is. charming movies. I, I like charming movies. I just don't like no, those movies because they're so predictable. No, I... Like, oh, you, you, come on. you know, come on, like Jack Black. Oh, Jack Black. Like, he's getting who is he? The end hey. of with Cameron Diaz. Get the hell out of here. No, no, no. no. He, he was with Kate Winslet. Kate, no, Kate Winslet. Winslet. Sure. So, still, Kate Winslet can play Jack. No, I Jack love Black. Kate Winslet. Listen, no, no, no. Anything me... can happen with the Santa Ana wins, my man. I, I, the, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like just New Year's Eve, the movie, oh. Val, Valentine's I, Day. Some of these movies are so predictable and so bad. Ugh. No, I, 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 my wife won't watch romantic comedies with me anymore because I always like within five minutes I'm yeah. like, well, gee, I wonder if the best friend is going to end up with her at the end. And she's like, shut up. I'm like, no, but uh, Mike knows. What's no, going like, I think for the holiday, I would have, I would watch the whole if it was just the Jack Black, Kate Winslet. And the old mm-hmm. guy, his name's escaping me. I can't believe it. Yeah, he's legendary like an old actor. Hollywood guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, the le- he's a legendary actor. He was in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly with Clint Eastwood. I would watch that half of the movie. I don't need the England half of the movie with Cameron Diaz. That, that part yeah. was, wasn't as good. I, I do the California half. I go really way back. I for, Ever since I was really young, since I was uh, John's age, I love It's a Wonderful Life. I really do. I'm actually watching it every year. I do watch it every year. You know every line, but... It just it it draws me in every time after about five minutes, and I'll watch the whole thing. My daughter and I watch White Christmas every year as well, with Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye, and you know we it's it's a stupid story with corny songs, but it's 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 just fun. So we watch that every year. And in terms of the more you know, let's say 1980 and forward, Scrooge was on my list to mention tonight. Love that movie. One of Bill Murray's best performances, even if it's not with the non-holiday movies he was just really good and funny in that movie and then i think i like home alone 2 better than home alone 1 that's my take on that one <laughs> i, I, I disagree with I, I i think i i don't really like two i, I i'll be honest the, the, the older i get the more i watch two you're, like you're anti-east coast bias no i'm anti well yeah i'm actually i'm, I'm anti-coast bias. the reason why i like christmas stories because it's in indiana and it's yeah. relatable, and I, I like that movie a lot. Um, I think the story's great. Yeah, no, they, and Walter with the with 
the there's a couple of the, the Coopers. It's another Christmas movie. I haven't even thought about that one. Another oh. one that doesn't get consideration: Trading Places. Because Trading that, Places. Trading Places. Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. I love that movie. Anytime it's yeah. on. The only movie my wife watches this movie every time it's on and really freaks me out is the Polar Express. I don't like that movie. I don't yeah. like that movie. The animation's weird. It's just, yeah. it's just yeah, like Tom Hanks playing all these multiple characters. But oh yeah, Rosemary Clooney. <laughs> that was. <laughs> mm-hmm. nice. But I, I, I trading places. I'm I'm one of the like I absolutely trading places. A movie that that happens during Christmas, right? It, yeah. I don't, it's not a Christmas movie, but that's fine with me. That's good enough for me. Yeah. Like I think Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie. Right, there's, yeah. they shoot each other in a Christmas tree lot. There's Christmas lights. That's enough for me. There you go. Yeah, I got two newer movies I really like. Have you guys seen Office Christmas Party or The Night Before? I've seen yeah. Office Christmas Party. That's actually that's a that's a good pull there. That's a that's a that's a relatively new one yeah, to me. But I, yeah, I, I really I've seen that a couple of years ago. That was pretty good. But no, Trading Places is uh, Big Mike in the chat. Yeah, it's absolutely absolutely underrated as a just a classic movie because. That's John Landis in his in, like in his prime, just directing these great movies, and they, I mean just Pete, Eddie Murphy too. But it's but Dan Aykroyd's character, it's something that, like if you watch Dan Aykroyd throughout the time, he always had that you know Midwest accent. And he's from Canada. He's like, hey, you know, like he always <laughs> talked like this. But in that movie, he plays a snob so well. He plays an elitist douchebag. Yeah, and it look like, Winthrop. It's it's so. It's yeah. so so good, so good, and it's great to see the the two old guys pop up and coming to America too. Yeah, that is yeah, that... coming to America, the original where they yeah. they're, they're they're homeless. We're back. Yeah, you get, people want a company run by. It's just a, he goes, "How much was the bet for? A dollar." Yeah. Ralph like, Bellamy and Don Amici. Yeah, Don yeah, Amici Don is fantastic. He was in Cocoon. In Cocoon. Too, I yeah. yeah, and John has no idea what the hell we're talking about. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. um, I I'm amazed they haven't remade Cocoon. I, but, but the problem is that all the old people in it now would look super young, right? Like they were like, what is it? With you know, Wilford Brimley was like 51 or 49 when they filmed that. Yeah, yeah he was like younger than Brad Pitt is now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but there's. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I uh, just I wanted to hear about Elf because I think Elf is is garbage. I think it is the most overrated movie ever. I don't. I don't understand it. Why? Why does like when I was in school and I was younger, they'd play it every single Christmas. <laughs> why? Why? Why is Elf so good? I don't. I don't get it. Well, so I'll be honest with you. I don't. I didn't see Elf until like four years ago, and so I don't have any of that connection to it from like growing up with it or whatever. And I thought it was fine. Yeah. You know, I, there's. I think people have a tolerance for Wolf Errol going all out, and and for me, it doesn't always work. You know, I I just recently saw Fred Claus, and I think I would actually like that a little more than I liked Elf. Just is that like, Vince Vaughn in it? Fred Claus is a pretty good movie with Vince Vaughn. <laughs> Michael Meyer. John is dead <laughs> to me. Elf is incredible. I have no, I, 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 Why? <laughs> I don't understand why. It's just goofy to me. Like, I don't understand it. It, it. It's the same thing with, like, when you watch those puppet, everybody in the 60s, the CBS shows those stop Rankin, animation. Rankin and Bass. Yeah, all those movies, the reindeer ones, those are, to me, I never understood it. I, I thought they were weird and strange, and it's like every time the CBS show, I'm like, all right, I'm changing it. I'm going to watch Charlie Brown. I could watch Charlie Brown instead, or oh, anything else. Brown, or, yeah. or, or my favorite Christmas movies growing up, the California Raisins Christmas special. <laughs> How about the Star Wars Christmas special? Isn't that where Boba oh, Fett originated? Yeah, you, oh, oh um, man, you, 
are anybody familiar with the Star Wars Christmas special? John, are you familiar with the Star Wars Christmas special? I'm not. I've probably seen parts of it, but no. This came out in 1978. I don't know if you're familiar with this. Oh no, no, it's no good. I don't even. I don't remember that. Oh, you don't remember this? Oh, all right. So I'm gonna pull up the. It's hilarious. In, in like in a bad way. Yeah, it's it's some of the some of the you basically imagine seeing, and I'm not saying this to be be like slanderous or anything, but essentially Carrie Fisher isn't even admitted that she was just coked out of her mind. I'm sure. And look and look at look at Mark Hamill here. This is before his car accident where he changed his face, but look at Mark Hamill's face. That's him oh. doing a special <laughs> special. And there's a Chewbacca. So there, Chewbacca has a kid. The baby Chewbacca, yeah. Baby Good Chewbacca. Boy. Yeah, I gotta see. I gotta see this now. Yeah, oh, it was phenomenal. Yeah, it was so bad. And then Harrison Ford's like, "What the hell am I doing here?" It was just. <laughs> I think it was on like it was on TV, wasn't it? Yeah, it was on it network was on TV. Yeah, and I think B. I think B. Arthur's in it. B. Arthur yeah. is mm-hmm. in it. Wow! And there's Bob, Bob, it was the appearance, the original appearance of Boba Fett. Yeah, cartoon form. Yeah, yeah. But look, yeah, but, but but look at look at look look at that's Mark tremendous. Wow, is it? Yeah, is it like canon or is it just like? Yeah, it is. Really? Yeah, I, I believe so. I I don't know. Is that Art how. Carney on the right? Yeah, probably. Jeez. Or Ernest Borgnine. I don't know. <laughs> Art Carney. Yeah. No, I will. No, Raj, did you ever? Did you like the Santa Claus with Tim Allen? Uh, eh. that, that was big when we were teenagers, but it was, yeah. I think it was for the younger kids. Yeah, uh, you they know. made they made like three or four of them. They made another yeah. one. They just made a new one too. Yeah. Apparently, that the Santa Clauses or something like that. That effect. Diana Carroll. Yeah, nice, nice pair. Wow, that's a that's a pull there. I believe that's that. I believe that was it. But yeah, that it, I didn't for the sake of I didn't want to click a video and then Disney come out of the woodwork and sue us. But and what about? Did and there was like in the last couple of years that there was Kurt Russell made a couple of Christmas movies. Have you guys seen the Christmas Chronicles? Santa Chronicles is that it? They were like Netflix movies. I don't know if anybody yeah. saw those. Yeah, I saw one of them. It was okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, movie starring Santa is always going to be a little bit iffy. Yeah, I like. You guys have probably not seen this. It's a it's a rom com. It's called Love Hard. Have any of you seen it? You sure, it's a rom com. I yeah, I think <laughs> I, I I really liked it. But I I didn't really love it. hard. <laughs> was so it made in the should valley I, in California? Yeah, I was gonna say, should I go, should I Google this and not you know? Uh, hard. Uh, oh, I, I have no idea what this is. I I really like that movie, but I don't know. I was I was just uh, <laughs> finding out a lot. I'm finding about a lot about you today, John. That I'm really yeah. kind of. Uh, we have to have to talk about this later. <laughs> well, like it's got. It's, <laughs> It's got Jimmy O Yang in it. I like I like him. It's Oops. about he basically catfishes the girl and then he <laughs> they fall in love and all that, you know. I I I liked it. <laughs> Jimmy O Yang was Jin Yang in Silicon Valley if you ever watched that. Oh, all right. No, that that, that got oh, that got <clears throat> cool then. I like Silicon Valley, but uh, oh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if there's like a certified Christmas classic. Like you said, you know, it's a wonderful life. It became the, the interesting story about that was it was a flop when it came out, right? Yeah, it, just a, it, yeah, barely made. Get, it might not even made money. Yeah, I don't think it was popular until it was public domain, and they started playing it on TV every year. And people were like, "Hey, wait, this is great." Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't have your money. It's in Bill's house. <laughs> I love Jimmy Stewart's. I love Jimmy oh Stewart's. yeah, Jimmy I mean, Stewart's phenomenal. Um, straight in the Hitchcock movies, but I I only seen bits and pieces of It's a Wonderful Life, so I've never seen it all the way through. 
truthfully. But you know what Christmas tradition was for our house? Well, in my old apartment, not in my old house, but I live with my roommates, was watching Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon, or uh, Barry Gordon's Enter the Dragon. The Wasn't 19- that the, the film he died, on which he died? And they, they cut up a whole bunch of different footage to try to make it work? Oh, no, no, I'm thinking, no, I'm sorry, I was thinking of that, you're thinking of the, yeah, Bruce Lee movie, I was thinking about the Barry Gordon's, Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon, The Last yeah. Dragon. Oh, the, gotcha. I do have a, a list pulled up, and it does say Gremlins is a Christmas movie. So. Yes, it is Grem- no, Gremlins. Absolutely, yeah. That's Gremlins, a, that's, Gremlins is that, awesome. That's a good one. I mean, the, you know, the Mogwai is a Christmas gift, right? Yeah. Uh, somebody, somebody dies, coming down the chimney, it's a, it's a, <laughs> a trip, man. That, I think that was one of the two movies that, that helped create pg-13 as a actual yes designation that's correct yeah and by the way the it yeah. no friday after the next good one yeah jeremy that's a good call friday after next is really good and then <laughs> terry cruz is pretty funny in that movie but yeah we watched this movie for two straight years on christmas in my old apartment in down river michigan when i was working at best buy way back in the day and we would recite this movie all the time <laughs> show enough Who's yeah, the master? Yeah. Classic. No, my my wife and daughter watch The Sound of Music every year. On Christmas? Oh, yeah. Because they've put this played on Christmas every year. It strikes me as an, an Easter Art. movie for some reason. I think. I guess Easter was like the Ten Commandments and Sound of Music for some reason. Yeah, they don't really. I, that's the thing. They play it at Christmas every year, but they don't really celebrate Christmas in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but NBC has it on every year in December, like clockwork. All right, mm-hmm. folks. Well, I think we're gonna be, we're gonna call it a night. Thank you so much for listening to Woodward Tigers episode, the Christmas episode. I wish there was more to celebrate about the Tigers, but maybe who knows? But I think right now I'm debating about doing a show next week because next week would be the it would be thirty. When's the thirty first? Oh wow, it's gonna be twenty twenty three. It's gonna be so uh, you know I don't want to say that. Oh, it's gonna be, we'll see you next year because it's such a bad next year. Thursday is the 29th. Yeah, I, mean, okay. I don't know. Yeah, Merry Christmas to everybody. Well, like I said, we'll more like we'll do a show. If the Tigers do, if the Tigers make a move, of course we'll do something. But for now, we'll play by ear. If not, we'll probably do a show in January. I do want to. There's a, there's some ideas that John and I were talking about doing about maybe revisiting some old Tiger teams. So we might do something like that for next week. Who knows? I might pull a guest out of my. You know, there's a guest I have in mind. That's a familiar voice to everybody, but I have to get that all straightened out because it was one of those things where this person said, "Hey, you want to bring me on?" And I'm like, "Anytime, you sure?" And I smiled and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me see if I can make that happen. And hopefully we have, we have a special guest. So Merry Christmas to you guys. I will. <laughs> Jeremy's like, do it, do it in there. So yeah. thanks so much. We appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Go to all the great content over at woodwardsports.com. Click on the news tab. Check out all the shows. And thanks to everybody who donated a present to put under the tree and stuff the studio. We had a great time out the Meyer on Saturday with the guys, and I, 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 for for living, I lived the dream I've always wanted the dream, which is take a shopping cart and put a bunch of stuff that I, I that I had no regard for that I was like a shopping spree, and I took nice. every single big item. It was such a rush. I swear. <laughs> I remember, I remember ads. This is we, we're trying to end the show here, but I, I remember ads growing up for Toys R Us where they would show. Like they would occasionally have a, like a five hundred dollars shopping spree, and they would yeah. show kids going through that. I'm like, oh my god, that's my dream. I want to do that. So yeah, that's, yeah. They're going in there and grabbing a bunch of Nerf guns and, yeah. and Ryan Ryan eggs and all that stuff. Yeah. So so awesome. So until next week, everybody. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hey, maybe the Tigers will find a player under the tree, huh? <laughs> 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 <laughs>